that was smooth, wasn't it? You gotta love a tune that you can ride to. What's happening? How we doing? Guys, I hope you're doing well. Welcome back to Creating Space. I'm excited to bring you this episode. I'm so pumped and it only felt right to bring in a nice little tune to warm you guys up with a huge smile for Isabella Acker. Izzy is changing the game in Miami. She's the owner and creator, founder of Prism Creative Group, and Prism is shaking up the culture in Miami. I don't want to go too far into the story, but Prism Creative Group is interested in taking prototypical Miami and turning it on its head. It's interested in connecting the creatives to the visionaries and changing Miami. Izzy's energy is fantastic. The cadence to our conversation was really warm, really enjoyable. It's one of my favorite conversations that I've had to date on Creating Space. It's episode 31, and I'm excited to bring it to you. Izzy's got a wealth of knowledge. She's got a wealth of energy and exuberance and joy for life. I hope you really are mindful of just what it's like to attach yourself to such an energetic catalyst like Izzy. She's fantastic. You're going to love this episode. You're going to be challenged to question maybe a little bit about the community and the culture in your own city. And I think that you're going to like what she's doing and maybe you'll have some ideas of how to shift, shake up, and transform your community in your own area. So without any further ado, let's attach our energetic leashes to Isabella Acker and let's see where she takes us. Izzy, what is happening? Welcome to Creating Space. Good morning. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. How are we doing? I'm amped. I'm doing great. I always have like nerves with all this public speaking and interviews, but you obviously make that very seamless, but I'm always nervous with these things. What do you mean? How does a curator of culture get nervous to talk about what it is that she does? That's crazy. I, I know. It's really funny because I'm actually incredibly extroverted in my life, but once I get past like 11 people in a room, <laughs> I could barely like introduce my, my name. It's just, it's, it's something I think I, I, I developed over high school, but, um, but I'm trying to like just overcome that. Was so. there a crazy moment where you got up and you made a fool of yourself and you told I, yourself I'm you'd never sure, do it again? I'm sure there was countless times and it was just like, I don't know where the trauma was, but I guess as you get older and you get stronger in your convictions, you either don't give a shit about what people think or you're on the, you're on the other spectrum where you just, you know. You know, you do care. Yeah, what a place of freedom that is. And I keep pushing to get to that. I don't give a whatever about what everyone thinks, but I still have some of those times where I'm thinking, "Ah, I don't want to be judged. But it's a process, isn't it, Izzy? For sure, for sure. And I think that it's, I mean, it's all about your headspace, but I know you know about that too. So. Mm, headspace. That's a great app, by the way. Little, little spot there. Have you, have you worked with headspace at all? It's a, it's a meditation app, right? Absolutely. It's incredible. Yeah, I know. It's so crazy because I, everyone keeps saying that meditation change your life. And I just like have to jump on the bandwagon. I have not done it yet. It takes time. It takes time. You know what also takes time is building a business. And you are one of the coolest entrepreneurs in Miami. And that has come straight from the horse's mouth of multiple individuals that I have met in Miami. So to kick this off, Izzy, what is PRISM? I mean, talk to me a little bit about what you're doing in Miami. 
Sure. So, well, Prism, I guess, like, in short, for, for people who don't know what we're doing, it is a creative agency. What it's really developed and become has become cultural programming and community development that's playing a key role in the bigger movement that's happening in Miami, which is really providing opportunities for businesses, artists, creatives. It's part of the bigger narrative that we are trying to re-identify the way Miami is perceived, not just to locals, but also to tourists that hear about Miami and really all they have is Ocean Drive or or certain postcards or memories from, you know, Gloria Stefan sound machine. There's like these random <laughs> things in the media that like everybody knows Miami and what it's supposed to be. And I think it's it's a very exciting time to be part of like that bigger story. And, w- and we feel grateful to be in that narrative. Yeah, that's really cool because when I think Miami, obviously I think what you're talking about, the stereotype of cocaine cowboys, the city yeah. built on drugs and dance and party and alcohol and sex and that whole culture, right? And what yeah. you're doing is you're shifting that stereotype. You're, you're focusing the narrative to something separate. Is that is that right? Yeah, for sure. And I think that, you know, what people don't realize, and even me as a transplant, is that, you know, Miami gets thrown into the comparisons of LA and New York and all these major cities, but Miami is nowhere near that on many levels, not just like the infrastructure, but culturally, there's so many things that Miami is really an adolescent. And if you can personify the city and really take it for like, okay, it's, Miami's doing things and it's in progress. You can actually be more accepting and understanding to why it takes longer to catch on to the things that, you know, community is such a buzzword, but it really became the thing that we became known for and creating those connections and experiences. But nobody in Miami was doing those kinds of things prior to us, which always like blows my mind because we're really not coming up with anything, um, you know, that's like reinventing the wheel, but a Miami flea, for example, something we do with our client in the arts and entertainment district, it became such a hub and center of authenticity connection. People finding out there's like hundreds and hundreds of local artisans that are doing, you know, beautiful, uh, beautiful work. And, you know, it's just, it's been a really beautiful space to be at the intersection of all the conversations and people kind of rediscovering Miami. And the funny thing is you're saying this as somebody who is not from Miami, but the same awakening you're having, there are similar exact stories on the ground to people that live here. So that's where I think it's kind of powerful because it's, it hits home both to locals and to curious travelers. Yeah. A lot of people are starting to talk about what Miami is, who's in in place on the ground, working to change Miami to what it's going to be. And you're one of those individuals. So I'm a visual learner, Izzy, and and I uh, would assume that some of my listeners who are, you know, um, hooked into the podcast, they're probably moving and shaking right now. Visual learners like to have something created. Give me an example of something that Prism would do or is doing an experience that Prism hosts. Sure. So we on average do about two to three events a week. They, they really realm from like all the different pillars of live music, film, um, outdoor markets, uh, wellness, community chats. Like those are generally kind of the, the pillars we stick within that. So with, within that, we do rooftop on plugs at, um, at the Whoa, what's rooftop. that? That sounds it's, cool. It, yeah, it's a beautiful rooftop in the arts and entertainment district called the Filling Station Lofts. And 
you know, it really is what it is, which is just like, you know, an awesome band um, on a rooftop. But all of this stuff, and the reason why I think it resonates more in Miami is because there wasn't a space for this. You know, I can get more into the live music in general. That was a place where I found my home. But there's so many people that are searching for connection, community, real, like curated talent. And that's really like we're being a catalyst to that. But everybody is wanting to, you know, go to an outdoor movie night or go to a flea market or go to a really cool warehouse and and hear great live bands and have the ultimate brunch. So we're coming up with like, you know, cultural and community happenings that really, you know, people probably pay 50, I don't know, 25 to $50 for generally on these things for ticketed events here in Miami. And we do everything free and open to the public to really make culture accessible. Oh man, that's awesome. That is just what society needs, Izzy. And I'm so excited that you're able to come onto the show and talk about what you're doing. Um, Walk me through this. There's always an aha moment, right? For, For any cool idea, for a visionary, there's always an aha moment. Where were you and what were you doing? Where you were experiencing Miami and you're thinking, ah, there's gotta be a better way to do this. Yeah, for sure. Well, you know, it's interesting because I believe those aha moments really come from being dissatisfied with where you are in your life or really like the lack of potential. I mean, the potential you know you have, but you're not reaching. And, you know, at the time, I actually had a really awesome job at Live Nation. I was doing a bunch of shows and concerts. And on paper, it really was a dream job. But I I realized that I was completely lacking in the space of just meeting like-minded people. And I know, again, such a buzzword, but there is a reason why these things are buzzwords because I think at a core, we really are all searching for that. People do it through dating apps or through networkers or whatever it's disguised as, but like really casually meeting your people is very, very hard to do. And in this city, I feel like it was even harder. Granted, it's my only experience, but because everything in Miami is marketed to like, this is the best thing to do, the hottest thing to do this weekend, and this is the best club, and Drake is here, whatever, you know, like all the smoke and mirrors, but really like everybody just around me just felt really unhappy. And so, you know, I really took that time to be very honest with like, what is that, that heart and headspace for me that I can feel kind of my truest self. And I realized it's just, you know, being with community, creating community experiences and being connected to people. Uh, And that was kind of like the birth of PRISM. So it's cool because I think when you really ask the self, you know, and you're honest with yourself, what is missing in my life? Like, what could I, what could I be accessing to that gives me like the ultimate joy, I think you can find kind of the answer of your path. It doesn't always make sense financially at the beginning, but (laughs) inevitably it is the right space and the right path for you to like really put a heavy focus on. So tell me what it was like when you've been given the idea, because I think the idea kind of comes to us from this creative space that we can only access in certain times, right? So you've been given this idea, you're attached to the idea. Walk me through the process of what it was like to get from the acquisition of the idea and then the implementation of the company. Sure. So, well, I always felt that a heart, you know, at a, at a deep level, I've always been an entrepreneur. I was an entrepreneur prior to live nation. I had another company called the black key group with a much more focused on artist management and marketing. And so when I was at live nation, 
um, I realized that like, I really wanted to get back to that, really being on the ground and creating my own clients, my own initiatives from passion to, you know, I don't know, urban planning development, all kinds of things. So I, I wanted to find the clients that could provide me the opportunities to, um, really be a catalyst to the things I wanted to create. And so it was really interesting because my first client coming into Prism, um, they're actually, uh, they're called NR Investments. They're real estate developers that, uh, you know, we sat down and had a really, it was so funny. It was a very big reality shock for me to be in a real estate office because I, that was not my world, but you know, they were entertaining questions that I'd never thought of. That was like, if you could create any kind of programming in the heart of, you know, downtown, what would you be doing? Like, what would the city look like? What would the, you know, the kind of people you'd be bringing and what would they be talking about and what would they be listening to? And all of a sudden it took me to a space where like, I've, I didn't even know that there was a role that somebody could decide, Hey, this is what's going to go down in this area. And like, you kind of call the shots, you bring your brands, your friends experiences and make it open to the community. And so, you know, yeah, it was really cool because within their developments, they created a nonprofit, which is the Arts and Entertainment District, to really create a sense of place that really was just to serve what it was, which is community. And now two years later, you know, it's, it's become like a total awesome neighborhood that people in Miami really seek to for um, local authentic experiences. So I think that just, you know, to go back to your question, it's, it was like that question, if you could create anything, what would you be doing? You know, those questions that get you already hyped. I realized right. that, oh my God, there's so much in Miami that I could fill the blank into that. You don't necessarily know how you're going to do that. And like really with, with who, but you do know the what, and that I feel like is a great starting place for anyone with looking to kind of live a life more passionately. And then you can always like, it evolves, you know, like what, it, what prism was two years ago is like nowhere where it is now, you know, I love that. What a story that is. And you are a modern day pioneer is he is as much as it's probably hard for you to accept that, that. So weird. you're yeah. a modern day pioneer. <laughs> you are a visionary. And it's incredible to see visionaries in their own spaces go and change, change societies, change ideas, change technology. Steve Jobs, the prototypical visionary, right? Yep. Izzy, you're a bit of a visionary, but, but in your own words, describe to me what a visionary means to you. You know, I, I kind of feel like everyone's a visionary, but kind of like the the X factor is that... It's really somebody, I think you have to have the courage to follow through the unprecedented path you've set out for yourself. Because I, I feel like everyone's got amazing ideas and everyone, even the things that we do, I know it resonates with so many people because they've probably thought about doing these things. Right. And so I, I feel like great ideas kind of circulate amongst really everyone, but it's, it's the follow through. That kind of, I think, is the X factor. Yeah, because, I think that's so true. What do you yeah. think it is that holds people back from yeah. following through? I mean, it's courage, you know? It's, it's, that's, that's a very, very real fear, you know? There's a million questions as to why 
things won't work the way you have it in your head. Like how can even just like money, money can get you stuck. That's like phase one of just like, how do I make ends meet? How can I do this? How can I put the production together? But I don't have sponsorships. Like there's a million things that like can stop you from the follow through. But I feel like there's a very, very strong, um, there's a strength in just the exercising of following through an idea. Mm. And and I feel like that's a really great piece of advice that I really could give to, and I'm, I mean, I'm sure that might've been my next question, but <laughs> you know, I feel like that, that could be really a great starting space for anybody really looking to dabble into new territory and things that they're scared of. Even something as small as like, I have an idea for this postcard and, you know, whatever. It could be anything as small as that to, you know, obviously something much bigger, but inevitably just being able to come up with the idea, write a little game plan down and then execute it is, is a muscle that I have come to practice. Like I am no different than anyone else. I just realized that that's something that like you'll never be able to create a dream life if you cannot even begin to practice what that means and what that looks like. I really like that. I had a had a mentor who was an older player while I was an athlete. And he always said to me, Wes, you have to embrace failure. You have to understand that failure is so integral to success. Yeah, that when you have failure, true. you smile because you know on the other side of failure is success. And what you're saying is start small. Just do yeah. small actionable steps that will prove to yourself that you can do it. And yeah. that, that muscle of courage grows, right? Of course. And you know, what's interesting is I, I, I find people that aren't even scared of failure. They're just like, they don't know the answers on how to do what they're doing, mm. you know? And, and I feel like that's something everybody can resonate with. I have things on my list that I'm like, Oh God, like I got to get to that. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a whole thing, you know, but inevitably I feel like your starting place is that like, whatever you're doing, most likely there's someone else in the city that is doing something like what you're doing. That's always a good starting place is to find a place of collaboration and meeting of the minds. And then inevitably, like, you know, it, it becomes a, a domino effect. And, and, and the reality is it just gets clearer. You might not know what you're doing, but there's more clarity. And just that already gives you like, okay, I at least have a game plan with <laughs> my first three to-do items, you know? Yeah. And in the life of an entrepreneur, entrepreneur, what I'm really learning now is, is it's just a series of that of that yeah. confrontation with fear and having to exercise courage over and over again, because you're constantly meeting the boundaries of that you place or that society places or that laws place. And you're just trying to get around all of these different uh, challenges that come in front of you. 100%. And, and, you know, I realized that, um, it, it, and, you know, like just in context, I remember when, uh, you know, we look back on what we're doing, everyone's like, Oh, so you do events. And I'm like, well, I mean, a medley of that, but like now we can say we've created a neighborhood. We've helped be a catalyst to that. If you were to ask me that two years ago, I would have never said that that was in my skill set. So I feel like the ability to just say yes and kind of like lean in to something is really, really like powerful just for yourself because nobody has any idea what's what's ahead but like you you're sitting on your untapped potential you don't know what you have within you you know ah, i love that and and for the listeners who are true to the show they know that my favorite quote is fear is an untapped energy source and you just talked about how important it is to flip the framing on fear and not be afraid of it but actually tap into it because that'll be the driver that'll get you to the other side so 
That's a great way. You're, you're, you're very good. You're leading this conversation, Izzy, and I, I kind of understand now why you're such a visionary. But let me ask you this question. I feel from time to time where you know I'm working with this podcast and throwing my vision out. And it's constantly evolving. Sometimes I feel crazy. Sometimes yeah. I feel nuts. That I feel like, right. am, am I going crazy here? <laughs> like, am I losing my mind? Do you ever feel like that? Of All the time. And most entrepreneurs feel that because it's, it's a constantly evolving thing, you know, but what you, what I'm sure what is like your fuel is, you know, that your message and what you're really like putting out there really resonates with people. And inevitably, like that's your driving source, you know, Absolutely. that's your, that's your gas tank. And, and I feel like I always feel like I'm going crazy because we are a moving target because it evolves like every three to four months. And that's really actually healthy. It's a healthy space to be in because if something no longer suits you, you have the liberty to outgrow that, you know? Yeah. Still waters run deep, don't they? Yeah, absolutely. For sure. Tell me this, uh, self-belief and self-awareness are critical to success in life, in my opinion, right? First, you have to kind of know who you are and then you have to have the belief to go out and execute. Now, belief comes from all different areas. It comes from you know, the, the parental influence when you were young or lack thereof. It could come from a coach or a teacher. It could come from experiences and so on and so forth. The list goes on. Tell me how or who was the biggest influence in your life to help you go and chase your dreams like you've done? That's, that's an awesome question. Um, I would say it's not really a who, it's more like a what. And it was just the need for to, to, connect. I realized that the void in Miami was something that what I believed was just me and like my, the subculture. But then it like was very clear to me that this was like the main culture. Everybody here felt the way I did. People going to these nightclubs, people having like, you know, their own life on how they entertain in Miami socially. Everybody felt really so disconnected. And of course, like I'm speaking in hyperbole and a majority, but that's what I think inevitably why people resonate with these things is because if you can find, you know, a void and really be a catalyst and a lighter fluid to that, like that's a really, um, it's a, it's a way to do something kind of beyond yourself and work into something bigger than you, which inevitably I think we all are yearning for something like that. And, you know, even like when you called me, I was like, Oh, these things are weird for me. Like, (laughs) you know, I, I have a hard time with it because, I have a hard time with it because I truly believe that like the work we're doing has nothing to do with us. Okay. I get it. We're like at the forefront, like putting fuel to it. But the bigger thing is that like everybody feels the way we do and we're just trying to find clients and, and people who want to be part of this message, but it is really something bigger than all of us. And I think that's a really great space of fulfillment and just to check in with yourself. Like, is this something that is really, like, you know, moving the needle for me and for the people around me. And it, it, to me, that's, that's why we're constantly evolving. So what's next? That's a loaded question. <laughs> <laughs> um, but what's next? I've had, you know, a major itch with um, urban planning. I think that, you know, we, we've done things that have supported small businesses that have helped, you know, sustain the cultural and creative scene, all of that. But inevitably, you have to ask, like, why are things the way they are in your city? And I think 
based on even just like public spaces and and the way that like systems and permits and and you know the way that things are done is something that you don't usually you're just like oh that's the way it is you know I'm not involved in politics really will never never will be but I do want to be um, involved in the narrative where awesome because of the new permits that were set in place 50 new local businesses have been able to open in Miami those kind of headlines like really excite me because. My end game is really to create um, a city that and be part of building a Miami that everybody wants to live in. And that's one where there's more live music, where there's more small businesses, where there's more developers being thoughtful and talking to the community, where there's more um, food halls, where there's more. I mean, like, really, the list goes on and on. But, you know, I, I think we could be really interesting at working with the city and developers and really being able to sustain and, and keep amazing local businesses afloat by being a platform for that. Mm. And all of this started with a little bit of self-belief and an access to an idea that didn't exist. So it sounds like to me, you just are looking to break all of the social norms that exist around maybe the framing of health and wellness and experience and, co- and yeah. community. Yeah. And you're blowing all of them up. Is that a good well, feeling? Yeah. I mean, I don't even, yeah, I get, you know, I don't like, I'm grateful of course, but I don't even see it like that. I just, we're like so deep in our work that I think we're just trying to create, really be a resource to kind of everyone. I want even people like outside of Miami who resonate with the things we're doing. If they, you know, want to pick my brain and ask me really, how can I create a city that's more connected? I mean, I, I could give case studies on things we've done, it always tends to be that we fall into, we've really brought so many people together through music. There was not a huge, vibrant, live community here. Yes, we had the bands, but there was no platform and places for them to play. And I think that that's where this all started. And I I guess like, I want to give a little homage to that because that is the space that I was comfortable in. When you want to talk about fears, like I always felt like, okay, I don't know about building neighborhood. I might not know about events, but I know about live music and I know about the scene here and I know those things. So we really, you know, it's like, it's like creating, being in a space of fear, but also like you want to trust the things that you do know, you know? Mm. And I just think it's very interesting because my path has evolved, but Music always seemed to be the common denominator, and that is a space I do feel comfortable in, you know? That's so good, Izzy. It, it all stemmed from knowing yourself, self-awareness, yeah. right? You started, you you pushed your chips in on yourself, starting with what you knew you knew most. Now, exactly. There's an art to that, right? Knowing yourself and growing to love yourself is a process. So talk to me a little bit about some of the habits that contribute to your self-awareness and ultimately your success. It's definitely not drinking, which seems to be what I'm doing a lot these days. (laughs) Um, But I don't know. I think it's like, to be honest, I don't have the habits, but I wish I could tell you, like, every day I wake up and do hot water and lemon and I meditate and do yoga. Like, I know that would probably be the answer you want to hear. But the reality is I'm busy and that is probably what keeps me, um, I guess, successful inevitably, I think always uh, creating the space for opportunity. Like if you look at my calendar, I generally on average have five meeting calls, coffees, or things on my calendar. I actually- Per day? Yeah, per day. And I'm not that I'd encourage that. It's like, it's definitely kind of drives you to crazy town a little bit. But 
we are a company that like prides ourselves in collaboration. And if I, I, I respond to hundred percent of all my emails, I don't always respond the day of, but I always do. And if somebody is usually like, Oh, I really dig what you're doing. Like we'd love to get coffee and say we work together. I always say yes. And I say yes, because we have, I have no idea what we have not tapped into, you know, and that's how we've been able to be kind of versatile and not just be music oriented. We've done really cool things in the wellness space. We did a soundtrack yoga with wireless headphones, um, with a teacher down here called Jennifer Panza. And it actually became such a thing. She took it around the world. She took it to Denver and New York and all this stuff. So anyways, my point is that like, there's so many arenas that I don't know that I feel like it's important for you to make space for those coffees or those new people and stay busy. Like staying busy really allows you to stay creative. Yeah. What sense would it be for you to not listen to your community when you're one of the pioneers building a community experience? You know what I mean? I, and, and that's I, incredible. I feel like fraud, you know, I feel like a fraud. <laughs> I did not respond to people that wanted to just like connect because they feel like, yes, this is great. And I have my own little meditation studio. How can I get involved? Like, yeah, exactly. You know, but I, I do no know, I do know it. that when I gave you the call and said, Hey, will you come on a creating space? You were like, ah, it took you a while. I had to convince you, didn't I? Um, I responded and I said, I was really happy to meet you. And that if I have to be on any public speaking, I'll get back to you. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Izzy, it's quite a story, but every story has a moment where I like to call it the creating space moment, a moment in your life where things were looking one way, seemingly, and you just had to have the courage to step in, move this idea of fear out of the way and open up a void or a gap for a new place in your life, for the new you, for you to chase these dreams. Do you have a story for us, a, a moment where you kind of pushed everything out of the way, created a void, and then the life that you know of today was created? Yeah. I mean, I, I brought up the time that I think when I started Prozum, which was a big awakening for me, I think that, um, you know, either, I think entrepreneurs either come from two spaces out of like, great, I've lived this life and I want to create a new one or like, I will not settle for this shitty job and like, mm -hmm. I need to make something else a part of my life. So I came from both spaces because when I started my first company, the Black Key Group, I completely created that out of like, I don't know what's out there, but like, I do know that I could create something that will resonate with people. It had no business plan on paper. Like it really was set out to fail. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, and I think that that was an interesting space. And then I started prism with another headspace, which I was leaving like with an amazing job. And, you know, I was doing like a dream job of Dave Chappelle sold out shows. Like he was everything. Yeah. It was, it was really like on paper, people were like, wow, like I'm so shocked you're leaving when, you know, you have this awesome job. So I think in both spaces, I always felt that like, if I'm not truly on a day to day doing and living the kind of life where really no one's my boss and I'm creating ideas and feeling inspired to put energy into that, um, I I'm just really never going to be happy. So I have to say that like I did it both one out of abundance and one out of like, I just really don't want, I don't want what's sitting in front of me. I mean, I don't know if that really. No, I like it. Tell home, me this, Izzy, for yeah. any of the creating space tribe who's sitting, listening to you right now, who's thinking, man, I, I really don't like my job. I really yeah. want to be doing something different. Uh, and they're stuck. What would yep. you say to get them unstuck? So, I mean, I think it's about small steps, you know, because I think 
being inspired and channeling like energy that gets you amped doesn't have to be a full leap. And you're like, Oh God, like I just did this and I don't know how to pay rent. Like you do have to be really realistic with it, but not to a point where it's going to stop you from trying. So, you know, even if it's like, okay, um, I mean, whatever in the wellness space, you know, I think finding the like-minded people and understanding, okay, what's the lay of the land with the wellness community? What are people being served to? What are, what's missing? Like, I think really understanding the landscape of the industry you're really into is really important because then you're not like just creating, like you have 10 yoga meditation studios, like, okay, cool. But like, what are you doing? That's really going to move the needle or, or be different from all the other ones. Right. Sure. So I, th- I think it's important to understand, you know, the city you live in, like the communities that are a part of it and why what you do is so special and what's going to resonate with people. And it's like, you have to be brutally honest. Like you might think it's something really awesome and I'm sure it is, but you do need to have like second, third opinions as to like, you know, is this something that could be really successful in this market? Is this because it could, it could fall into so many different industries. Right. But it's, I think there is that formula kind of across the board. I like it. Know yourself, know your surroundings, find the the niche that merged the two, right? Right. Is it, you loved music, you loved community. You wanted to shift the entire consciousness of the city of Miami. And And, and you know, and let me tell you, and I, and I hate to interrupt, but like what was very interesting when we started was if anybody were to kind of know the Miami live music scene is that there people were like, why would you ever focus on the music scene? We don't even have venues. Like at the time there was only like three music venues. Like there, nobody writes about the bands over here. And it's just like, really, you have to be an Afro Cuban funk band to be really killing it in Miami because <laughs> you have to make people dance. You know, sure. And that was, that was what I kind of, came to find out about the music scene is that's what everyone said is like, unless you're one of these amazing Latin bands with a full horn section and going to keep people dancing all night, like it's tough to be the singer songwriter in the world, you know? And so we were facing several challenges, which is like, okay, people do dig live music, but like, how do you find them? How do you reach them when they're, when the bands themselves can't draw even their own fans, Mm. you know? So, so I just think it's, any obstacle you have in front, I'm, I'm obviously like my story condensed sounds like so much easier, but we face so many challenges on just how to engage people. I think a lot of people that I, that I meet nowadays, like, how did you create an engaged community? Like, how are people listening? Why, how'd you get people to read your newsletters? Like, you know, and all that is part of the marketing and the storytelling we do. And I think you have to think about that when you also have your product or, or your thing that you want to give into the world. Like, how are you telling people to where they're actually going to listen, to where they're actually going to care? You know, that's a, um, we live, unfortunately, in a time where people got three percent, three three seconds to where you can engage their attention or otherwise they're scrolling, you know? Yeah, that's very and, true. And and it's, it's a really painful reality because... Um, and I mean, it pushes you, right? It pushes you to be like, okay, I need to be really engaging. I got three seconds. Like, what am I going to write in 160 characters or say that's going to bring people in? And that is the current climate of people's like, you know, attention span right now. And let it, me, a, let me tell you this, Izzy, as a hyper-competitive individual, I love that society is accelerating and alchemy is real. 
Like if you're not stripping down your vision to its most yeah. purest form, you're going to get left behind. hundred percent. You know what I'm saying? Because people are interested in doing that and, and, and becoming a, a better version of themselves on a daily basis. Um, but as we round this out, Izzy, you are dope. And I know the creating space tribe is fully aware of that now, but I got one massive question for you that I didn't prep you for. Are you ready for this? Yeah, let's do it. Izzy, what's your legacy? Oh, that's loaded. That wasn't on the question <laughs> you sent me. I came, with the, I came with the bazooka for the last question, you know? Yeah. What legacy? Oh my God. The thing is, see Wes, I can't think like that because when I think like that, it's like, I feel like it's so much bigger than me. It doesn't feel attainable. Like, I just feel like you remain authentic to yourself. You will create a life that you will feel very proud of, Ooh. you know? And like, I, I know it's probably might not have been what everybody wanted to hear, uh, but relax, relax. Come I know, on, I know, awesome. but I like to always bring things down. Cause I'm like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think like 10 steps ahead. I'm usually like in the first two and inevitably like right now we're part of something that's like bigger than us. But I, I hope that like, it does inspire people to, to be, um, to have the courage to be authentic and just like, take the muscle of like, everybody's got awesome ideas. I hear them all the time, but it's like, it's really, you know, putting the energy into executing them that kind of puts, puts you different. You know, I heard a really cool quote. Um, it's in Spanish. My mom said it to me a couple years ago when I was going through kind of the transition and it, in, in Spanish, it's lo que está para ti, nadie te lo quita. In English, it means what is out there in the world, what is out there for you, no one's going to take from you. Mm. And, and, you know, it's, it's like a very, it's a true statement because I think, um, you know, you'll see things that happen in the world or a book that will get released or an idea or an event. And you're like, damn, that was my idea. Like I was going to do that, you know? Yeah. And it's because like, I think we're all circulating with a lot of these things, but the reality is like, what's really meant for you. And you're going to really like speak to that. You'll know it's for you, you know? So there were many sailed ideas and sailboats that I saw that I was like, Oh, and then another one came to me and I got to have the, the excitement of like rolling out what that was, you know? So I think that's a, it's a cool space to be in knowing that. I really like that. What is out there for you? No one will take from you. I think that'll be the proper title to this podcast. Um, Izzy, I want to end this by saying I'm so grateful that you took the time out of your day to come on to Creating Space to share a little bit of your mindset, share a little bit about PRISM and how it came to be. And I want you to know that you are destined to do incredible things. Oh, um, thank you so much. I'm really, really grateful to even share my story. So thank you for for you and thank you for the listeners who who resonate with all that. Yeah, no, it's awesome and and I am extremely excited to get down to Miami in the near future and experience Prism and and get to meet you. Yes, I will give you a proper proper Miami welcome. So definitely come down anytime. Love it, Izzy. Keep going. Awesome. Thank you so much. What is out there for you? No one is going to take from you. Ooh. Too powerful. Izzy, I'm sure now you know has got a ton of power. Her energy is really something to experience. I love the fact that she is changing Miami and creating a type of Miami that she wants to live in for the future. The community growth, this whole idea of like a collision between real estate and community events, neighborhoods that people want to live in. She is connecting people. She is understanding that every 
bit of the human fiber wants to connect and she is creating an avenue that can really allow that process to happen. Prism Creative Group is something that I am very passionate to support. I hope you guys are as well. Please reach out to Isabella. Let her know how much her mindset, her ideas have inspired you. I think now we can take a little bit of what we've learned and maybe apply it or help create it in our own little spaces in life. With that being said, I am so appreciative that you guys turned up, checked out Izzy's story, and I would love for you to share it. I would love for Izzy's energy to be experienced in other places. So share it with a friend, comment on Izzy's posts or my posts, tell us what you think. We would love to hear more from you. Uh, We here at Creating Space are only interested in bringing you the content that you feel connected to, that you feel is valuable. So continue to open up the dialogue. Let's continue to keep pushing each other to be the best versions of ourselves. Enjoy your Thanksgiving week. Spend plenty of time with family and take a second to disconnect from everything external. Get back to the connection between yourself in your real circle, your family, your community, and give them every fiber. Let's take that idea from Izzy and give our fibrous connective tissue to the people that we love most. Have a great, great holiday, guys. We'll see you soon. <music>